Photographs console us in the face of death and oblivion. It's their fundamental gift. They testify to what has been and what will be no more. And this testimony matters. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. Yeah, and this is episode one, 161 for the middle of June, 2022. Oh, June. June. It's well, getting warm here, finally. Yeah, it is. It's actually been quite nice and spring-like and not quite summertime yet, but uh, yeah. So uh, I wanted to... Thanks, Ward, for joining me in the show. I wanted to uh, avoid another um, dispatches from Greenwood to uh, follow up on the last episode uh, so that uh, people knew what was going on. Okay. And I am, and my, uh, my wife Elizabeth passed away uh, a week ago from yesterday, Saturday, uh, June 4th of uh, ovarian cancer. Uh, one day before our 23rd anniversary but yeah um i but for you know for all intents and purposes we were married 23 years uh and i wanted to do a show talking about a couple of things related to photography and and this event but uh, i did want to make sure that everybody knew because i, I got a lot of random uh messages from people in from different the uh, email and twitter and uh you know even like facebook messenger or something like that from people who are reaching out to uh tell me to hang on or the, the support and just just general words of support and i want to thank those people i don't have everybody's name right now but i want to thank those people who are listening to the show who uh came out and um sent me those words of support because they came in at just the right time. I uh, really needed it uh, because when this stuff is happening, it was really, while it's happening, it was really good to have any kind of contact with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we had a lot of friends in, and I'll, the, the quick story is uh, we had to go to the hospital. We actually started hospice. Uh, with her, and just as we started hospice, we had a night where she was really bad. She could, she had a hard time breathing, mm. and a uh, hard time. Uh, she was in pain, and so we were we were doing home hospice, and we had a nurse come over, and the nurse looked at her and said, "You know, it looks like you know it might be better to go to the hospital to deal with this." And so we ended up going to the hospital. Uh, it was an emergency room visit, and we stayed. Uh, all into the night before we were able to get a room in the hospital. And then when she got a room, um, she was getting uh, more medication for the pain. Um, mm. And uh, fast forward to Thursday, June, whatever, third? Is that, I can't remember. The, yeah, the, third, the second, right? Second, I said she died on the fourth, right? So... Yeah, it was the Thursday, June second. We had a lot of uh, my family and friends come to visit in visit her in the room, and she was she was conscious on on that Thursday, so she got to see a lot of family, which was nice. Yeah. yeah, I was surrounded the bed, and we talked to her. She was in she was really weak, and up until then she hasn't been eating and drinking. I mean this this was really draining her, and it was really tough yeah. because the the tumor was just above like in her large intestines. Mm. Right, so like right above, like near her chest, and I think that was interfering a lot with her being able to eat. Mm. Uh, so she didn't eat, and so this was a downward spiral: uh, mm. not eating and drinking, and then uh, um, getting sick a lot, and then uh, not um, uh, just uh, feeling weaker and weaker. And mm. as the as the tumor seemed to um, really affect her, so she was awake on Thursday. Uh, she went and f- went unconscious some time between Thursday and Friday. She was unconscious all day Friday. We had another group of friends and family 
come and stay with her. And I didn't stay in the hospital overnight. I had a friend, uh, a close friend, stay with her on Thursday mm-hmm. night. And then uh, uh, then Thursday, uh, Friday night, a close friend, two close friends stayed with her. So I mm-hmm. went home. And uh, Saturday morning, about 1 o'clock in the morning, one of the friends called to say she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I so I head over to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she went, um, luckily, because it was in the hospital, it was, uh, they have all the pain meds there. You know, I think if we were mm-hmm. at home, we, we were working with morphine only. All right. Which was not enough for to assuage her pain. So she had some fentanyl and some other thing being pumped into her. And uh, it was calming her pain. But uh, on Friday, she was unconscious. Most, most of the time, like she was sleeping, but uh, she, right. she never woke up. Mm. And uh, she, she died Saturday night. At one in the morning, Saturday morning, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, with her friends singing to her, mm-hmm. and while I wasn't there, and uh, I guess what part of it is I was worried that when we were there at the hospital, I was looking at her. I was like, she can be like this, like she was unconscious and breathing. She right. might be like this for days, right? Uh, and I, th- I think what happens is, uh, what I've heard since then is that often. Um, Spouses will will leave the room, and and their significant other will die when the when the spouse leaves the room. So, mm. I want to believe that she sort of sent me home that night so that she mm. could uh, that she could, she could go, mm. but she didn't go in pain. She didn't have any uh, pain. I think when she died, she just stopped breathing, and right. she was in the middle of the song that my friends uh, our friends were singing to her. Yeah. So she went peacefully. Um, so. Yeah, she was uh, she was sixty sixty five, mm. a young sixty five. Yeah. Well, the pictures um, that I've seen of her, she's definitely uh, yeah she has a more youthful energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this disease, uh, you know, if anything, um, you know, people listening to this show have to understand that uh, ovarian cancer is a very nasty disease. Uh, apparently, there's no pre screening for it. Mm. Um, but it does uh, does take away a lot of our partners. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories since uh, mm-hmm. people struggling with ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, so it's been a week. I sort of fast forward a little bit through the week because I, I I lost track of time. I'm, time is uh, is gone, sort of, and I can't believe it's been a week only. Um, we buried her. We had what was called. Um, she wanted a green funeral. So for those people who don't know what that is, uh, and it's not necessarily putting a person in the ground and planting a tree over them, although I think that can be part of it. Hmm. Uh, it's it's described, quote-unquote, as a new funeral style, but it's actually the way people were buried prior to the times we started pumping their bodies full of formaldehyde. It's literally a person is wrapped in a shroud, uh, put on a, in this case, uh, you know, like in a, a sort of a half size basket, uh, and it's just put in the ground. Uh, she's just placed into the, uh, into the dirt, and uh, there's no um, preservatives in her. She's just, she's just going to become one with the ground. Mm. Uh, and uh, she wanted this because she wanted to make a, the least impact on the environment as possible. Cremation takes a lot of energy uh, and stuff and it wasn't it's not a judgment you know it's just this is what she wanted what wanted she wanted to do yeah yeah so she picked um there's only a few places uh, not every cemetery in the new york area can do that greenwood mm. cemetery does actually have mm. a space for green burial uh which is uh, I, I came across actually accidentally in the past couple of weeks. Um, but it's really expensive to be buried there because there's so little room. Yeah. So she found um, a place in Sleepy Hollow, New York, which is just above Terrytown. And I don't think she had any real connection to Sleepy Hollow, other than I think she liked the name. <laughs> and that she liked where it was. And, you know, Sleepy Hollow and Washington Irving is buried there. And there's a yeah. the Headless Horseman Bridge is there. Right. Uh, because, you know, 
that's what you wanted, you know. Yeah. And it uh, there was another place actually. Uh, it's funny to mention there was a place that was cheaper across the river on the west side of New York, but I, it's not up to me to second guess what she wanted, you no. know. And it wasn't about being cheap. It was like, okay, well, you know, this is what she wants, and uh, I'll, I'll put her there. Yeah. So, um, and it's, uh, I, I'm glad it's a beautiful area. I went and we picked the plot out in the early in the week and actually got two plots. So I know where I'm going, mm-hmm. um, cool. at some point, uh, and Sleepy Hollow Cemetery is as old as Greenwood Cemetery. Oh, uh, interesting. In fact, yeah, they were both r- closely, uh, um, f- uh, founded in roughly the same period of time. Okay. And if you know uh, what Greenwood looks like through my pictures, uh, Sleepy Hollow looks like that. It's a little more wild. I mean, it's it's looks more woodsy and and whatnot. Mm. Um, but it's a beautiful place. I picked a, a plot right near a tree and a bench. There was a, like a bench made of uh, wood beams, like like branches. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so I can go and visit and sit right next to her. Uh, so, so the the. Uh, I'm going through a lot of description, but I think this is no, helpful. No, I think that's, we're a photographic podcast, we want to yeah, yeah. describe. <laughs> what and, does Gary Winogrand say? What do we, you know, what does the camera do? It describes. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I'll post a couple of pictures in, in the show notes to share, um, because I've been sharing about this so much. It's not, you know, you're, you know, in for, in for a penny kind of thing. Um, the uh, the funeral was really nice. It was it you know the the land that they bury these the the people in. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from the side of the road, it just looks like ground. It's not it's not mowed. It's not it's it's meant to look wild. In mm-hmm. fact, there's all these milkweeds growing so they can attract the the um, monarch butterflies. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Yeah, so they just let it grow, grow wild. Made it a little difficult for certain people to walk on it because it's. Mm-hmm. A little rough. They're not allowed to have stones that stick up. The stones are flat. They're, yeah, okay. And uh, the stones get picked from the uh, the riverbed. There's a river that runs through the cemetery. And like in a couple of months, I'll get to go there with the director of the uh, Sleepy Hollow and, and another person. And we'll go find a stone, a flat stone at the riverbed. And I'll take that and that's what I'll get inscribed and then put it on that plot. So it's really beautiful. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah. So during the funeral, a lot of, you know, for immediate family, I mean, really, I thought it was going to be intimate. And it, this is about as intimate as We had about 50 people. This is the bare minimum that we could have. This is how many people came to, you know, how she's affected so many people, her family and stuff like that. If we had opened it up, I think there would have been a couple of hundred people. Uh, but we kept it, you know. And it was just graveside. It was not, there wasn't a, a service in a church or a community there is, hall or yeah, anything. yeah. There's the green just... funeral. The service is literally around the grave. Okay. Um, so you know, five, five or six people spoke. I spoke, of course. She was in a sort of a half basket um, with six handles on it. So the basket mm-hmm. had a small rim on it. And while before we brought her to the to the grave, we were allowed to put flowers into the into the basket surrounding oh, her. I see. So, she was covered in 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 flowers. She would have loved this. I know she would have loved this. In fact, I know she mm-hmm. loves it. I can, you know, she's, yeah, good she's, sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I sensed it. And then we had the us speak. I was the last one to speak. And then when she was lowered in, our friends sung the same song that they sung when she mm-hmm. was when she died. Uh, and then we literally bury her with uh, shovels. We go in and, mm. um, ourselves. We we couldn't finish it off the the. Cemetery crew does the rest, but yeah. we, and in, in the Jewish tradition, um, the shovel has to be initially upside down when mm-hmm. you, when you dig the dirt in, uh, it's supposed to represent the reluctance of, of doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so we you turn the shovel upside down, you pick up a little bit of dirt, put it in the grave and then you do the regular shuffle okay. and, uh. Also in the Jewish tradition, and you can see this in the, uh, in Zoom, um, sometimes you're supposed to rip a piece of fabric that you're wearing, like a shirt All or right, something uh, like that. All right, a sign of mourning. Yeah, so there's, yeah. instead of doing that, I have this little black uh, ribbon 
that I wear with, mm. and then we ripped it. Um, we can see like yeah, it's torn right yeah. here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then we were allowed to put uh, biodegradable things uh, representing her into the grave. Um, mm. You know, the thing that would dissolve, uh, the thing that wouldn't not dissolve, so no metal or plastic. But mm-hmm. I put a wooden spoon in there to represent her cooking and her baking. And we put the ashes of her cat that she had uh, a long time ago. Her cat Jack mm. is in there. Some Hagen Dazs ice cream was poured. <laughs> she loved Hagen Dazs. Yeah, Hagen Dazs coffee ice cream she liked a lot, and uh, you know a few other things. And and so it's been a week. Uh, this is what what day is today? This is Sunday. Yeah. So this is just Thursday. Holy crap! Sorry, it's. This feels like a week ago already, just the yeah. burial. Yeah, yeah. Today's the 12th as we record this. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I promised to talk about photography in this it's a photography show, but I think I owe, you know, oh, I, I felt I wanted to tell everybody what was going on uh, as, as detailed as possible um, so they know what's going on and tell you too. I don't think I've told you all the details about this. No, no. Um, I'll say is on behalf of our audience, we really appreciate this, and this is your idea to to share all this with us. And so, I just wanted to say up front, um, this is uh, pretty amazing what you're doing with the sharing. Thank uh, you at this yeah. time because um, it's um, you know it's I don't know it's something we none of us really want to deal with, but we're all in a, some way curious about, but. You're always conflicted about a friend who's bereaved. Like, what what can I do? And you feel like now I'm, you know, is there anything you need? And suddenly right, the person yeah. who's bereaved is like having to worry about me being assigned yeah. a task to do for you. And it's just sort of like, and I actually, I just said, how are you doing? And you said you were chilling. It was just over, over um, Discord. And oh, you yeah, said, yeah. well, I'll, I'll chat soon, but I'm just chilling watching a movie. And I thought, damn, I, I wanted to leave the guy alone so he could just you know, chill with his movie. Actually, I, 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 you know, I, everybody is saying that and I, I understand it. You know, it's, it's the, the desire to want to help somebody. And, um, uh, and, you know, people say, how are you doing? And it's like, yeah, that question is really big, you know? Yeah. And all I can say is like how I'm doing at this moment, you know? Right. And, you know what what's going on at this very second and uh, and it's and it's a wave and it's a process and um you know i th- i think uh, but this is almost like you know for the end of the show but i don't want to say it it's like the this whole process my, uh, elizabeth has she she knew she was going to die uh when we went our last visit to the doctor mm-hmm. and they were like we can't do anything more and i think i might have mentioned this in the last show uh in the dispatches from Boomer, I can't remember. But um we didn't know that it was like, you know, literally gonna be two weeks. Like two weeks, two months. Yeah. Uh and hanging out with her and talking to her about this, um, she was scared. She was mostly scared about the pain. Mm. Um, but she was able to muster up some curiosity about what what there might be for her after she dies. Um, and neither one of us are very religious. She's more, I mean, she's Jewish and she does follow her religion as a, you know, mm-hmm. occasionally go to the, the holidays and stuff, but she yeah. tried to do the best she can, but, uh, neither one of us really, uh, are, you know, think of an afterlife directly, but then, uh, and I'll tell you a story maybe a little bit later, uh, in the okay. show about something. Uh, but you know, the fact that she could muster up curiosity, about about what was going to happen made me really um, be less frightened of mm. of this thing, even for myself, and maybe a little bit even for her, like just not as scared. Mm. Um, and uh, she she I got so many people telling me, like uh, therapists, doctors, like how she went after this, like she tried to to battle it as best she could um she lost Mm -hmm. but um like it you know she worked up until also she worked up until the last possible minute now Mm. people might say why should she be working and blah blah blah, and i I won't go too much into it but actually sometimes for her working was great because otherwise she said it'll be sitting around thinking about this right so her job was her, her job was remote so it was just going to the computer and talking to people 
and she would get so much she would get so animated when she was actually mm-hmm. working with her co-workers like this i was like i was so happy to see that you know mm-hmm. every day a little battle was fought and if she was doing good that was great you know so yeah, if her day. work was making her feel yeah if her work yeah. was making her feel better that was fantastic um and i forgot where i was going <laughs> uh but up um boom boy this is what happens. This is this is my brain on. Well, this uh, is but, uh, oh, about seeing how you're doing and so on. And, right, and and then also just how she how she was tackling this. You know, she was uh, um, she was pretty brave about this, and 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 that's not being that's not hyperbole or anything like that. I mean, I I I don't think I could have faced it the same way she's facing it, but I think I could now, and and the whole process watching her go i saw that it was peaceful for her it was less painful and the green burial like this whole thing together has got me thinking about you know it's time to think about this kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. like i didn't have a burial plot up until now you know mm-hmm. uh so she, she's doing this so i want to talk about some some gifts that she gave so to get into the photography part um because this is what led me to ask you to do the show with me so that i, I didn't want to do another dispatches from greenwood by myself i really wanted to Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to people. In fact, I'm noticing I just want to talk to people okay. <laughs> about stuff. I'm here, more man. talking. Yeah. So I, a few weeks ago, we went on a retreat, a, a retreat upstate New York to a town, Hudson, uh, mm-hmm. the place where I photograph all the time. And the reason why you see so many of my pictures from Hudson is because we've attended this retreat once a year for the past few years. Well, we didn't go during COVID, but prior to that, a uh, couple, a few years straight. And our therapists have a have a space there and it's a it was a couples group so there's a bunch of couples and people that we've known mm-hmm. for a while because we've been doing these couples groups for oh it's the same many, group many, of many, people every it, time it more or less is there's a core group it's 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 evolved a lot during the years but uh okay. the therapist who was running it is like they're actually it's a couple uh um man and woman couple team and the woman was once my therapist and the man was Elizabeth's therapist, and I'm so glad that that she had him to be able to sort of also work through this stuff during mm-hmm. the during the past couple of years. So this was a year where we thought the retreat we could do it in person instead of you know avoiding it from COVID. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Elizabeth, she had uh, she had booked an Airbnb, and unfortunately, it was on the second floor and of <laughs> an old house. But when she booked it, she was she was able to walk and. When we got there, she was on a walker, so it was a big struggle for her to get up to the Airbnb on the second floor. Anyway, uh, we did the retreat on a Saturday, and um, it was great because it was also kind of like saying goodbye to these people who've mm-hmm. known some of them for 20-plus years. Uh, and we kind of knew it. I mean, looking at the way she, the shape that she was in, I mm-hmm. didn't think she, she was going to make it to another, another uh, group you know, in a couple of months in July. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got home after the after the the retreat, and we were sitting up on the uh, porch of this Airbnb in Hudson, and the light was really nice. It was really nice. It was sun setting through trees, warm summery kind of day. I mean, right. you could just imagine it, right? Mm-hmm. And I had my camera with me. I brought my camera to take pictures of the group. And, you know, of course, I thought I'd be able to walk around Hudson. I did walk around and take a few pictures. I love that town. <laughs> and uh, Brings out your Evans. It does. The Evans. Evans-esque. Meditation. Evans-esque, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, so she's sitting there on the porch. And, and I'm sitting there, too. And uh, I'm looking at her. And I asked her, can I take your picture? Uh, and she usually does not like me t- taking her photograph. And it's not, she just didn't like to be photographed. Yeah. But she didn't look, I think she didn't like, she didn't know. I know she did not like the way she looked in photographs. She felt like she looked overweight or made a funny face or something like this. She was very self-critical um, uh, of her looks. She didn't really have anything to worry about, frankly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, you know, I generally... Yeah, I, I wouldn't post the pictures unless it was like, you know, a family shot I took her. Like, I would show it to her, can I post this? Is this okay? She'd be like, yeah. But I, I, I took this, I, I asked her, can, and usually I don't ask her to take a picture. It's like, can I take your shot? And I said, she said, yeah. And so I had my Fuji um, X-T, 
X XT three and uh, uh, with one of the TT artisans lenses mm-hmm. that we all know and love. And uh, I just you know did a quick shot, three shots. One looked really good. Two were not good. And uh, I tweaked it a little in Lightroom just to bring out what I thought was the lightness and softness. You know, I wanted to soften her skin a little bit because it was really kind of uh, the lighting wasn't being perfectly flattering, but mm. it softened it a little bit. And, and it's it was my mind's eye the way it looked. You know, right. so great shot. I showed it to her. She was really happy. I said, I'm not going to post it right now. You know, because we've been keeping her sort of um, her. Uh, the way she looked sort of off public um, uh, most of the time off of like things like Facebook. Anyway, so I have this picture, right? Okay. So she dies. And and I set up a memorial page for her on Facebook, which is really nice to do. Given, given all the weirdnesses of Facebook, this kind of thing that they can do, like posting like a group page where everybody can sort of come together Mm -hmm. um, is pretty, is pretty fantastic. So a couple few days ago, I'm looking at that picture and I'm thinking I want to share it with um, a group at Facebook called the Frames Magazine Group, uh, which is a photographer group, a private group. Um, I can't remember if I've mentioned them before on the show, but... um, they, I think you mentioned uh, it when we had the interview with Shane because that... Shane oh, right. Uh, that's all Because... That's how you found it, uh, found him. Yeah, that's how I found him. Yeah. Um, my, I feel like I need to make a reason for this. I don't have to make a reason, but my thinking was, and this is a sort of a flashback to, my mom passed away in two thousand nine, and she died also of cancer. And I was in the hospital room with her by myself, and she was in a coma or she was sleeping, and I was by myself. Elizabeth had, wasn't there, and. Uh, I think one of the things that maybe every people who've gone through stuff like this understand is that sometimes in times like this, you really want to reach out to people. You want to talk to people, anybody, you know, I'm sitting in the, in the, in the, um, hospital room with my mom and I, I wanted to talk to somebody. So I was on Twitter and Twitter back then was when Twitter was <laughs> to say this was like really had a point. It was great yeah. because. I just put out what was going on and people who were following me just started talking to me almost in real time. Mm. And while I'm sitting in the, in the room, I was getting this dialogue with people who I'd never met in person, but, uh, you know, had, had, uh, they were listening to my story about my mom and stuff like that and offering, you know, words. If you want to talk, some people were sending me their phone numbers to call and I felt not alone, which was mm. great. And so fast forward to now, and yeah, I've got a lot of support, but a lot of people who are around are no longer around. They're going back to their, you know, families have gone back and it was great to have them around. Uh, a few people are still around I can hang out with, but uh, I, I've been longing for sort of that same kind of connection in a social media way because mm. it was really helpful to talk to strangers too. Mm. And I don't mean like some people I know, but to, to like have people share shared experiences um, brought me a lot of comfort. And so I, I debated about putting this on the frames magazine. I didn't put it, I posted the picture, I posted this picture that I took of her in, uh, on her memorial page and blah, blah, blah. But I wanted to approach it slightly different. So I put it up in the frames magazine page and I wrote something, which I want to read. Okay. Uh, uh, actually I'll read it, but I wanted, well, I'll, I'll read it because my motivations are in this and excuse I'm not always good at reading things and excuse the, the grammar if it's, if it's messed up, but I'm going to read it directly from, uh, from, uh, what I wrote. So okay. I put this up, uh, geez, I can't remember. I think I put this up on Thursday. No, Friday. So I said, this is a portrait of my wife. This is the last portrait I took of her. She died this past Saturday of ovarian cancer. I debated with myself about posting this shot here because I wasn't sure what I was trying to say by sharing it here. I said, to be honest, I really feel like reaching out to people now in the hope that they'll reach back to me and share their stories so that I won't feel as alone with my pain and sadness. But since this is a photography group and not a therapy group, 
And I also want to talk a little bit about what I also want to talk a little bit about what makes this photo of what the photo means to me. I took this a couple of weeks ago in Hudson, New York, after we attended a retreat for couples. Uh, it was at the end of the retreat when we were back at the place we were staying. I had my camera and I asked her if I could take a shot of her. The light was perfect. Her pose was just right. I made three frames and this was the best shot. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer uh, two years ago this month. It's been a roller coaster of hope and despair for these two years. I've been her primary caregiver, and doing that has taken its toll on me too. My desire to take photos has diminished over these past two years as well. I didn't document her fight with disease other than the personal images I took with my phone, and I really never shared those. Those are too personal. When I took this shot, we already knew she didn't have long to live. In fact, the retreat we attended was also a goodbye to the other couples who were there. We both knew this would be our last summer together, probably our last June. She really never liked having her image taken, even by me. I looked at her at this moment on the porch, and I could see that she really was okay with me taking the photo. She gave me this gift. What I want to say about this now is that I realize a photograph isn't always about the best exposure or decisive moment or whatever. A photo can be a link to a moment of time, frozen forever in a memory of love. It doesn't matter how the image was taken, only why it was taken. My wife, Elizabeth, gave me this gift of her likeness, and it's one I'll cherish until the end of time. It's the, it's the best photo I've taken ever. Um, then I just said, thanks for letting me post it here and share my thoughts and feelings with you. Um, and, uh, it was probably one of the best things I did in that group in, in terms of, I got exactly what I wanted. What you wanted, yeah. So many people reached out to me in comments to tell me so many different things. There's stories about similar things, taking care of people, people who've mm -hmm. passed away, uh, even just reaching out to, you know, to virtually hug me or something like that. And, and um, I read all the comments yesterday morning, like over breakfast yeah. and one after the other, which was not easy because um, it's hard to read through tears. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I got what I wanted. Um, I wanted to share this photograph, which I think is a really nice picture. And uh, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll share this. She, she'd be okay with it. The picture describing it, she's, She's sitting there, and you can see, um, without having seen previous photographs of her, you can see how the cancer is, uh, what it's done to her body, at least the upper part of her body. Um, but she's looking at me through the lens. She's, you know, holding her phone in one hand. She's got her blue glasses on her head. Uh, some of her hair was able to grow back um, because the chemo that was uh, the final chemos w weren't taking her hair away. So she had a little. She still had some fine hair. It was so mm -hmm. soft, by the way. Her hair was mm -hmm. so soft. And she's, you know, she's got her hand. She's, her 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 hand is to her chin a little bit, and she's looking at the camera with a bit of a smile, and the eyes are direct. And I can see the like. There's so much stuff in this photograph mm -hmm. about. Like how I said in another post about this picture that uh, she didn't win the war against cancer, but she won a thousand battles mm -hmm. against it, which is true. And I, in the shot, I can see I know her, but I noticed that other people noticed that she's like, you know, I, I can see this is killing me and I'm not going to let it affect this moment, you know, mm. uh, being photographed. So it's a, it, you know, a, the, the picture reminds me of the fact that, um, first of all, it's good to take pictures of the people you love, <laughs> even, even if they protest sometimes, but, um, just the power of a photograph, like I've been noticing, been getting a lot of pictures put, posted up on the group. The, the memorial group I made. The, my sister-in-law gave me a whole bunch of snapshots, um, actual prints that I'm going to scan. Hmm. Um, this and 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 you know the pictures of her over time. You know how yeah. you know from the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. And, and and I'm not saying anything new here about the power of of the photograph. Um, but it I think it needs 
we need to be reminded of it because like I said in the in the in what I wrote it's like not every photograph is the decisive moment not every photograph is the you know like the 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 shot that we look to get a thousand likes to right. or something yeah. like that um you know and 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 disclosure is like when I last checked I think I had about I think this is my most popular picture that I posted in terms of like getting you know uh comments and and people re- interactions uh, reacting the... interactions with it yeah. yeah yeah i think a lot of that has to do with what i wrote about it too yeah. um the context about it as well but for me like i look at this picture and i don't think i'll ever take a better picture than this uh because a it has meaning it's a beautiful picture it's a you know it's a well done picture mm-hmm. i think um, it's not overly done, you know, it's, it, it, it feels natural and, uh, um, it's I don't know contrived. what to say about it's, it. Yeah. No, it's not. And, and, uh, in this case, you know, knowing the story about it is also, is also important. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me think about that in terms of, of other pictures I, you know, want to take or take in the future of taking like, what are the. What are the stories about that? We never really talked about this on the show, have we? About no, the words not and, and this photographs. particular thing. No, we talked about with Dave. I think on the of uh, uh, the about instead of of, we talked a little bit about having words being companions to photographs. Right, right, right. And you know, we probably also mentioned not every picture needs to have words with it. It's you no. know, it's not one or the other. No, um, I think all these can sort of live simultaneously. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they can, but yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to sort of share that whole thing, um, w- with, with everybody talking about this, like even just to our audience here and, and, and to you. No, I think um, it's a very brave and uh, cool thing you're doing here. Um, I don't have a choice. No, and that's why you know? that's why I don't have much I don't have much to say or to add because no. <laughs> it's just sort of um you know when you when things happen in life and you we're they're they're, they're not I can't say anything. I can't I can't mm. add. I really can't. But uh yeah. Just a yeah. deep appreciation for what you've done here and coming and talking with us. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to let another, I, I was thinking, like, do I want to do show? Now I just put up, a, you know, another rerun or something like that. And I was like, I think I was just in, the, in a spot. Um, in fact, I think I was talking to you too. At the same time, just in mm-hmm. a in a place where I thought, you know, this show uh, is a very personal show in some sense. You know, it's for mm-hmm. both of us. You know, we're we're um, and it's always been for me. I think, like mm-hmm. when I started with Tom and stuff like that, it was like, well, you know, I'm not, not going to do it like other shows. You know, this is no. it's going to have the the some of the life stories in it sometimes. You know, well, I think of my whole life in photography. Almost every time I search back to those earlier years or, you know, the telling the 12-year-old me about, you know, you can do this kind of thing that we had talked yeah. about before. Yeah. And yeah. Looking back, no, I know, yeah. Um, but, uh, it is true that, like, the past couple of years, I mean, even though I've we've talked about photography and I've done the show, I was like, I don't think, you know, with COVID and, and, and at the same time this – because these are sim- these are simultaneous almost uh, mm-hmm. diagnosis and and caregiving really only started in in earnest more recently, um, but it wasn't only like it was like a mental thing as well like a right. you know a couple of years ago when we got the diagnosis oh okay well yeah so a couple of years when we got the diagnosis I was scared out of my mind so she so she, you know so it was Elizabeth. Um, because we didn't know what it meant. We just didn't know, you know, and again, I said in the, in the, in the thing, it was a 
uh, roller coaster of hopes and despair. You know, like oh, you know, this is working. No, this is not working. Oh, this is you know. And and I can see that's affected. Uh, and again, COVID came at the same time, and so like I really lost a big desire to do the kind of photography that I was doing prior to that. You know, street photography really took sort of a dive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, yeah, I would walk through Greenwood and shoot, but there was some stuff is missing. You know, mm-hmm. that's what the, about this photograph to me is like. Um, this is why I said it was a gift from her. And she's giving me lots of gifts, by the way. I mean, it's it's an endless. It's an endless thing uh, that she's um, even taking care of me from from the from beyond her life. Um, like this picture is the kind of picture I want to take. Like mm-hmm. a picture with meaning. You know, I can't do it all the time, but a picture with meaning, a picture that's got context, uh, a nice photograph. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff in it that 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 I have not been able to do in the past couple of years, hmm. uh, or even a few years. I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, um, how to say this, but uh, gosh, um, well, it's like a pure expression. I know that, you know, we talked at, about we that look at lot, our own right? work as w- we become photographic critics. Like this works better than that, and there's a mathematics or something that we're applying to what we're looking at in this cold way and some of these photographers and we were talking before the show started about photojournalists and so on you know would you guys like you and I have the wherewithal to be able to take pictures like that the human drama for instance in a war zone or something you know pictures of that nature that have a real human connection and that you plug in your your abilities and creativity to create these images that have these these deeper meanings and i think you've really hit on it i mean it's i will agree it's an amazing photograph and it's multi-layered like you can i've never met her but now i feel like i have and your description of her and what i know of her like now i'm i'm getting it i'm starting to get it um i think that's that's all you could hope for in terms of you know what i'm sensing from you uh, the meaning and the the value of this photograph and of her you know it it also comes from a heightened sense of uh emotion you know i mean Mm. wasn't a typical weekend in Hudson, you know, this no. was, uh, and I don't know if I could have produced a picture like this if it was a typical weekend in Hudson or if things weren't going this way. I don't, but the, there's this part of me that says it doesn't have to be, it don't have to be in a crisis or something to really put this kind of energy into making a photograph. Um, so, uh, what I wanted to say before I forgot, um, it just popped in my mind the last so she got diagnosed in june of 2020 scary scary stuff right uh and i don't know if i told you this but i you know listening to the lens work podcast uh brooks jensen mm-hmm. um listen to that all the time right sometime in the past like it was it in 2020 i'm not sure when 2020 or 2019 i think i know where you're going yeah i think it was 2020 it had to be after okay but it had to be after because um he uh he did an episode where he talked about his wife also losing her battle with ovarian cancer maureen and yeah in it and i listened to that episode uh and it scared the shit out of me um, when he when he talked about that. Um, and um, for some reason, I just stopped listening to his show. Hmm. Um, after that, um, I I almost couldn't. I don't know why. I don't know why, but there's part of me that was just too scared to. Like I didn't know how he was going to deal with that. And especially because it was ovarian cancer. Like I was very hyper aware of any things with ovarian cancer that really just mm-hmm. sort of like I, in my neighborhood, there's actually a, an organization that has a storefront 
that I happened by during one of my walks once by accident. And it's a ovarian cancer, uh, um, awareness group. Uh, they have a storefront and I, I walked by and I'm like, what is this? And I looked at it and I just went into shock when I saw it because it was just, mm. you know, this is again, it was early on and I thought, it, I still thought it was a death sentence and stuff like that. And, um, anyway, you know, some soon after that, when I heard Brooks speak about his, uh, his, um, wife's, uh, losing the battle, I, I you know, I want to say I identified with him in some way and I didn't want to know how it turned out for him. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I just stopped listening to show. Um, and partially ashamed about that. Uh, but not really. I'm just like, this is how I reacted. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, I actually recently, you know, in the past month or two, um, started listening to a show again. It was like sort of, I don't know. Like, I I think the, the the image I have is like when I heard it when he said this, he like pretended like he was in a room talking about this, and I slammed the door mm -hmm. and I kept the door closed. And a couple of weeks ago, I just opened the door a little bit, and listening to his show again, I can hear his voice it sounds a little different to me than it did prior. That could just be me. Mm -hmm. And I I heard, you know, he's doing these projects on the Oregon coast, photographing, and he's he's still talking about you know he's got here's um here's a, what is it here's a thought his yeah. little short podcast that he does yeah uh, and then he does his long one that's 15 minutes and i and i heard him and he sounds okay you know and uh i guess what i was realizing is that uh um you know I'll, i can probably be okay after this too you know mm -hmm. um so you know, if he's listening or if anybody listens to his show and listens to this show, I actually sent him an email, um, through one of his, his, uh, through his website. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he got it. Um, and it was just to reach out to him to let him know exactly what I said that, uh, that I had stopped listening cause I was, uh, cause I was scared. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully he'll see it. Maybe, you know, reach mm -hmm. out and talk maybe not that's not a you know it's not important i just felt like i wanted to say that to him and mm -hmm. the world that was a little bit uh you know um uh, I, I was just scared i didn't want to hear how someone like him in fact i haven't gone back to those previous episodes i might that might be the next step is to go find out where i left off and hear his uh hear what his progression was and some of you might have listened to it and you might know but don't spoil it for me <laughs> Okay, I was gonna because there's there was some interesting stuff going on. I'll let you listen. So yeah, okay. I yeah. think I'll. I think I'll it's worth back. listening to. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I need that because, um, I still am not fantastically excited about photography at the moment. Although, I mean, I did I did binge buy a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> Never. <laughs> Well, yeah, this was not a, you know, I, I bought an X-T3 and, uh, I bought a couple of other TT artisan lenses and all that was, was really about making me try to feel better. Mm. Like I didn't need the cameras or anything like that. It's a total, it's a, um, impulse. I don't know. It was, it's just what I did. You know, I didn't need it, but, and it, it made me feel better for about 10 minutes. Mm. I'll, I'll let you know. Like when I opened the camera box and I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was like, yeah, what the hell is the difference between this and the X-T2? There's like no difference. I might, <laughs> you know, a couple more megapixels. Uh, and that's it. It wasn't. Although the, they have the Eterna. It does have the Eterna. Uh, well, that's right. That uh, nice video yeah. filmic profile. Yeah. Filmic thing. And you know what? I can probably use these cameras. I know at some point when I get back into, do, you know, doing stuff, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make use of it. But it was really just to try to stem off some of the pain of what was going on. Um, by the way, it doesn't work, you know. So if you no. think you're going to make yourself happy by buying cameras or lenses, uh-uh. Although, no. the, I think, I think the picture I took this of Elizabeth, I think was one of the TT Artisan lenses I got. <laughs> it's like 30, I think it was a 35 millimeter but anyway uh 
so yeah and i you know uh during the uh, like i said during the funeral i had my camera with me i had an my i had uh i brought my um x100f and i slung that around and i took some pictures of of her going into the grave um and what her basket looked like and it was beautiful it was beautiful and so it was photography um photographically worthy you know Mm. at least for a memory or something like that it wasn't uh yeah and if anybody sees this and says you know what a green funeral is like again it's you know it was a um worthwhile thing to see and and experience as Mm. well but uh yeah so i don't know i don't know what else to say about this um well, I think that's plenty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to cut you off or anything, yeah. but I, well, you know, well, it's you a know. very emotional, uh, very emotional it time is. and subject. And uh, and um, oh, happy oh, to I know. Be here to be a sounding board for you. But uh, well, no, I'm glad. I don't. Again, I'm uh, sort of the lessons I'm learning. I'm, I tend to be more introverted, you know, as a person strangely enough um i uh, but i don't reach out to i haven't reached out and called people a lot lately and i noticed like how this brings out all the people to come to me and and i realize like mm. talking to people in real life other than like chatting or messaging and stuff like that like just talking even talking to people on the phone is 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 a world of difference there's a world of difference mm. in how i feel about stuff and so doing this you know um also was helping out you know so i don't want to hide it away and again maybe using sorry going back to brooks you know um the fact that he shared that on his podcast i think might be sort of a little bit of the incentive in the back of my mind about Mm. about doing this because his show is him right it's it's pretty much talking about his experiences in photography and and you can't disassociate the show from the person nope. i kind of think about that this way too so uh, i have to give him some credit um that i wasn't even aware of that uh, i think by being that honest about what's going on in life um because that's that's how i am and mm-hmm. that's how i want the show to be and that's how i want anything i'm doing in this space that we've created and whatever space we end up creating in the future you know, that's what I want people to connect with. They can connect with me and you and what we do, and and, and uh, um, they'll, they'll either like it or they, they won't like it. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, that's what I want. But anyway, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to remember this. This is a an interesting experience. Uh, just after the funeral, um, and nothing to do with photography per se, but. But pretty amazing, nonetheless. I'm not a very, like I said, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a very superstitious person. Mm-hmm. I tend to be grounded in reality. But I have a very open mind, and I feel like I'm a spiritual person as well. So, you know, i uh, open to, um, I'm pretty much open to a lot of possibilities. I'm not like a, you know, this can't happen, or there isn't this, you know, or you know, it, trying to be because i don't know what's going on but uh take this as you will i was uh driving back from the cemetery and i was driving three of my friends gene uh gene mealy who has been on the show a long time ago i want to talk to you about him post show because we have to have gene on the show okay um and 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 his wife and uh, another friend and I was listening to, I had a playlist running, uh, it's this, uh, I call it, it's like my EDs playlist or something like that, mm-hmm. or classic, classic rock, right? So it's all the okay. classic stuff that I wrote with. It's about, about a thousand songs. Okay. So, um, I drop, I drop them off in Park Slope in Brooklyn and, uh, you know, I get out of the car, hug, and then I get back in the car and the music playing just as I get into the car and start driving, um, our wedding song comes on. Elizabeth and Mai's wedding song, which is the Beach Boys' "God Only Knows," and oh, Pet um, Sounds, great album. It's a great song. Yeah, and and um, prior to this, every time I heard that song, uh, if we were driving and the playlist played it, and, and or we were someplace and the radio played it, 
I didn't ever just break out into tears and it was not tears of sadness. It was just an over emotion because it was, she was there, like that song meant so much to us, especially because it was our wedding song. And, uh, uh, it, it, we would both like look at each other and be in tears when we, when we heard the song. Um, and so when I drove away and all of a sudden that song came on, a very strange experience happened in the car. Like, uh, I felt, um, and this is in my new, uh, Nissan, mm -hmm. uh, Altima. I felt like a sudden overpressure in the car. Like, um, like if you walk into an airlock and it goes, yeah. Can you imagine that experience? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there was suddenly more air in the car than, um, and then the song played and I tried to cry and I couldn't, um, uh, like I tried to have like, in a sense, like the natural experience for me is to tear up. And yeah. especially I was thinking, this is the day I buried her and I'm listening. All of a sudden my wedding song came on out of nowhere and like i'm i'm trying to like i'm not having the same experience that i did before and, and when the song ended the overpressure or the feeling of overpressure dissipated and i really really believe the experience was uh her in the car with me mm. and she made me listen to the lyrics about the song and uh and then she left um, and it was really, you know, of course we can rationalize it and it can come up with a bazillion reasons. It's coincidence. The song came up and, and, and it's all possible. I choose to believe that, um, she stopped in, told me, and, and, and the reason why I couldn't cry was like, just, this is, you're going to listen to this song differently from now on, or you're going to experience this differently. This is not about, um, I don't know. I'm still processing the experience. Mm -hmm. um, but it was something that I didn't, uh, I, you know, I never experienced before. And of course, yes, I'm a heightened sense of emotions. And, mm -hmm. But I'm not looking for a rational explanation. I, I, it's sometimes worth it not to try to figure this stuff out and just experience it for what it is. And whatever message is coming through, um, I... I'm holding on to it in some way to uh, to remember her and to also think that she's still somehow taking care of me in in whatever way, whether it's through the through the ether or through uh, her embedded into my my being somehow, um, which I think is also the case. There's I somehow feel a more clarity, the relief that uh, I have that I'm no longer a caregiver. Mm -hmm. because it took an amazing amount for those people who are out there who do this for anybody who does it. I mean, I, I'd say on a scale of one to 10, I'm, I was doing caregiving maybe a six, maybe, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more towards the end, but I know there's people who do much, much more for their people they take yeah. care of. So I can only imagine, I can only imagine what, uh, what they're going through and to not have to do that anymore. That was such a relief. That's another gift she's given mm -hmm. me. Um, and not to to I know um, some people feel guilt about the relief part. Yeah, I I, I don't, and and I, I get why one would, you know, survivor guilt mm -hmm. in some way, or just like why should I feel this way? But uh, you know, for anybody who's going through this, uh, who's gone through this, you have to remember this: this this is the person just relieving you of this. This is, you know. You don't under you don't understand how much energy it goes into being caregiver because it's like it, it's like it grows and grows and grows and grows and you don't realize all the pressure that's on and all mm -hmm. of a sudden when it's not there you're like holy crap this is what it's like this is what what it's like not to have to do this mm -hmm. so that's a gift that the person gives so uh, to to lamely throw this back into photograph in photography <laughs> uh, is is um. I don't know. I was thinking, like, don't ever, um, I don't know. Actually, I don't really have a lesson for photography. I'm, I, I'm just realizing that, that, uh, I, I feel like photography was part of our lives a lot. Um, she encouraged my photography. She didn't like my photography all the time, by the way. Mm -hmm. 
which I which I really found impressive. Posted doesn't really care for most of my pictures, so that's fine. Yeah, you, yeah when you get, get that one, when you do get that one like from from her on Instagram, you're like, ooh, okay. So, well, wait. <laughs> I was like, what? I'll I'm take surprised. that one. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She some of my street photography, she wasn't too happy with. And uh, you know, I was like, that's fine. That's in fact, I actually prefer that. My mom was always like, oh, I love your pictures. I love your pictures. I'm like, mom, can you, like, my brain is like, can you just hate one of my pictures, please? Stop being a mom. It's just like, yeah. hate hate a picture. It was a little too much for her. But Elizabeth's like, I don't like you took that picture. Why did you take that picture? And she, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we we bounced back and forth a little bit about that. But uh, photography was part of our life. We grew up, we met each other in a photography agency, mm-hmm. the Image Bank. Uh, 1985. So we actually knew each other for a very long time before we actually got together. Photography had a lot to do. I, I worked on some of her books uh, when she was working at a New York Times Publishing. Um, she did a bunch of wedding books under the name of Bette Matthews. She didn't ever want to use her real name, um, but she used her name Bette Matthews uh, as her pen name. And, and we did a bunch of wedding books because she, she loved wedding things, you know, weddings and presentations and stuff like that. Uh, and so, uh, actually one job I did with her, I shot, uh, <laughs> I shot on film and then I shot with like a Nikon cool picks, one of the old <laughs> three megapixel bendy right. lenses. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, we were doing studio stuff and that stuff went into books by the way. So that's, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, we were, we were sort of ensconced in photography and actually she was a photographer too. And she went to. She did a lot of photography, and I need to find those pictures. Actually, her stuff—I'm sure I'll find it as I start going through her work. But she she did a lot of her own photography, so that photography was part of our lives, even when we weren't together. You know, uh, working in the photo agency and stuff like that. But um, anyway, it's—I think I've—I think I've talked enough about this for now. I feel, um, you know, I'm I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you and the audience about this because then it's not something that's lingering it's not mm-hmm. you know i i think it's uh i can move on from this and you know i don't know you know people saying it's going to take a long time it's going to take however much time i'm not rushing you know my uh my feelings about this or it's just you know but i know talking about this would be the elephant in the room i imagine if we didn't talk about this right now yeah. we did a show it's like what would be going on, especially after the last one I did from Greenwood. Yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, um, maybe I'll do a, a dispatches from uh, <laughs> sleepy hollow at some point. The place is fantastic. It looks just, it's, it's just as craggly and stuff as, as Greenwood. Um, there's mausoleums. Uh, Leona Helmsley is there buried okay. there. We're actually looking down on her, on her mausoleum. So we get to look down our noses on Leon yeah. Helmsley, just to make fun of that a little. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's right. fun. That's thanks for. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for that. sharing, man. Yeah. It's, uh, like I say, I'm running out of words. Yeah. It's wow, important. really? You have no words. I have no words. <laughs> No, because it's not—it's not a philosophical battle about you know the aspects of photography. It's much bigger than that. It's you know, it's life. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to remember. I don't want to, yeah, so don't want to go back into the routine. You know, I want—I want to remember this experience. I guess that's another reason why I want to talk about it because I want people who can listen to what we're talking about, listen to what I'm talking about to like really let it sink in. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can't spend all our days in grief. All, you know, emotions are just an up and down thing. You, you just can't do that. But right. you got to be able to hang on to some of this. Like I, you know, I, if a picture like this that I took of her um, gives me like a lesson that I can hold on to and that I can incorporate from now on, then it's, then it's sort of the show and what we're talking about serves its purpose. Like I, like I don't want to go back to 
the way things were. You know, I can't. I'm, the experience is, is changing me. Mm-hmm. And talking about it is, is just, you know, talking about something like this publicly is sort of changing me as well. So uh, so anybody sees me going back to the old ways, <laughs> feel free to, <laughs> to shout out and say, hey, aren't you doing the thing you, yeah. you said you weren't going to do? Like, <laughs> like, as I declare that out loud to everybody. Because well, now you're committed, uh, so feel, that's that's. That. I'm committed. Yeah. All right. Anyway, thank you for for being here. This actually, um, this is helpful too. So, yeah. I'm happy yeah. to do it, my friend. Yeah. So where are we at? Where where at? Where can where can you be found in the world? Um, in case can, nobody knows, uh, I can be found at Ward Rosin Fine Art on Instagram. I'm Ward Rosin Photography on Facebook, and uh, I'm W Rosin Photo on Twitter. And I'm getting actually, since I mentioned my name about Twitter, I'm getting some more engagement there. And thank you very much for that. And oh, really? I, have a, I have a little company called Ornis Photo. It's Ornis O R N I S dot photo, and um, I sell lens adapters and uh, Asian sourced lenses, and it's a lot of fun. And did my taxes here, and I made a little bit of money. I don't know where all that money went, oh, but good. I made a little. <laughs> so I, I just <laughs> well, there, went back into inventory, but. Um, there's a, because you're our unofficial sponsor. Uh, the unofficial, sponsor, unofficial sponsor. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that's well, where you'll put, find Put me. some, you know, put some money into, uh, you know, some podcast stuff. <laughs> <laughs> some podcast stuff. Okay. Well, uh, see what... But we got to get a logo made so we can put a, we can put a little, uh, you know, Lower third or something like that. Oh, I've got a logo, but it's uh, you know, oh, we'll we'll talk. Maybe we'll yeah. do a, a big deal here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm still uh, off Instagram. I'm debating again whether to start a new one or not. I might just start one. Uh, but so don't go to Instagram to look for me. Although, actually, my pictures are still there. You can see it, Am Rosario. Just don't don't follow me because the hacker will get you. Uh, Am Rosario on Twitter. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, I know some people are having a hard time um, uh, trying to get through to me on Twitter and send messages of support, which I was really appreciative. Uh, you could just email me at uh, Antonio at amrosario.com. So that's my name, Antonio at amrosario.com. Um, I'd, I'd give you the street shots uh, email address, but this is more direct and it comes right to me. Um, and that's my website too, is amrosario.com. And uh, maybe uh, um, I, I wanted to talk about, like, also have this little Photoville show. I don't know if I talked about that. Um, that uh, I don't Jamel think you Shabazz. have. I know we've talked about it in the chat, but I don't think you. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get out there and see what pictures are out there. And uh, uh, maybe we can talk about that next show. But I also want to get uh, my friend Gene on the show and talk about photography. Like, I want to get more people on the show and start doing. Uh, I keep saying this, but, uh, you know, let's get Gene on the show and we'll find a time and talk to him about stuff so that we'll come up in the future and then whoever else. Cool. So, yeah, Ward, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, really appreciate your time tonight. My pleasure as always. Yeah, and uh, well, hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody in a couple, couple of few weeks. Maybe June. All right. All right, man. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good night. You too. We'll see you. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.